1: He loves you. Here comes the Spudman. Man. He goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman. Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman.
2: Greetings, ola. I guess I am Spud Goodman. I know that, dude. At least that's what I was named. But I don't really know your name, you know? It would be nice to see a face, your face, while I'm speaking rather than just stare at the wall in my living room. Because, yep, we're, we're still locked down, so I'm doing this show for my living room. Some around the world you know, may have ventured out by now, but I think I'm going to hang out here a little longer. I mean, I mean, why not? I, I have everything I need. Thank God for home delivery. Ooh, yeah. I don't think my neighbors, you know, need me taking up space right now. In the community, there there are probably more important people. People who actually do helpful stuff for society. You know who you are, and thank you. Uh, so, so why don't I, I introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy, uh, calling in from her house... Let me see, here. Uh, Aunt, Dor- Aunt Dorothy, I think I got you. Are you there? Uh,
3: why, why, yes, I am. And I have a right. nice martini at my side, so
2: I'm all good here. Uh, I guess you can drink on the job these days. I, I mean, who from the station is uh-huh. going to come to your house and say, put the drink down, okay, uh, like it's unprofessional or something? Uh, there are no rules right now. Excellent. Because I myself have a fireball iced tea at my side. Mm, there I said it out loud, okay? I narked on myself. <laughs> if, our, yeah, if our executive producer wants to write me up, so be it. <sighs> so now I need to introduce, introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. If you're calling in from your safe room at your place, you just have to mumble something quickly, okay? And I can get on with the show. Yes. Uh, Spud, I am in
4: our safe okay. room. Okay, but Only okay. because it's the quietest place in our
2: house right now with everyone yeah. still quarantined. I can hear you <laughs> fine, so you don't have to yell talk. Okay?
4: Okay, okay. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Well... Well, okay. we don't plan to come out of our safe room until the fall, as it stands right now, unless the governor gives the all clear. We're stocked up on everything, as you know. Our family has
2: invested many man hours preparing for a potential incident. And we look, there's no need to brag that you were totally prepared supply wise for the situation. No one likes a cocky know-it-all. I'm a very stable genius. I've already acknowledged you and your fellow preppers have reason to gloat, but but maybe that would not be the wise road to take right now. How about taking a higher road?
4: Well, as everyone knows, I am not the type to gloat, Spud. So if you need an additional roll or two of toilet paper, I'll have my oldest, Gerald Jr., take the family car to your apartment building and toss him up on the porch. Uh, He won't even Ah, have to get out as he's got a heck of an arm.
2: But Just be waiting out there because I don't want some hobo to get him. Uh, There's no need to worry about me, okay? I, I have like five or six rolls left.
5: I gotta admit the truth.
2: It turned me on. So, our executive producer thought an interesting topic to discuss on the show would be household chores during these times, you know, these tough times. It, It wasn't my idea, and for sure it's not a fun topic, but I guess right now everyone does have to deal with Uh, You know, a really messy home if they don't handle certain basic duties there, you know. So if not, we all might end up being on an episode of that A&E show, Hoarders. But,
3: but, Spud, you have been a hoarder since you were a little kid. Your parents had to force Uh, you to get rid of stuff over the years, and you wouldn't let them throw away anything like your binky. Didn't you keep that until you were out of high school?
0: What's with you, Joe, huh?
2: I didn't use my old binky after around 9 or or 10. Uh, I just kept it on my nightstand until I went off to community college. It it represented good memories, so why should I have chucked it in the garbage? no. Well, how about all of your tinker toys,
3: though? I thought I saw them in your closet at your apartment the last time I was over there. You still Um, can't throw something away, and it's uh concerned me for years.
4: You you know, we we Holcombs try to make a yearly review of things that we no longer need. Uh, You know, space in our home is a valued commodity given the need to store up provisions for the next couple of decades. What you just said
6: is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard.
2: Uh, Put me down as one who thinks you might be overplanning a bit.
3: Oh, at least well. he's aware of the need to keep only what you really need to have around. Like, do you really need those stacks of TV guides from the 80s and 90s that
2: are all over your bedroom? I, I like to pull one out from time to time when I when I can't fall asleep. They bring back pleasant memories. I, I only keep the old TV guides that, that have stars on it that, that I like, you know? I mean, I, I toss the ones with lame celebrities on the cover.
7: Good call, yo.
2: Hey, you know what?
4: I'm proud that we have a very efficient house cleaning operation at our place. Everyone has specific duties. My wife says one could eat off our floors or toilet seat for that matter. Everything is spotless. You know, she runs a tight ship.
2: I love the smell of pump in the morning. Spotless? With three kids and you around? I know your wife is a neat drill sergeant, but you're kind of like a PFC slob. Do you agree, Aunt Dorothy? Come on.
3: Oh, well, Gerald, around the studio, you never seem to pick up after yourself, that's for sure. You leave candy wrappers all over the pl- all everywhere. Yes! Yeah, well, Absolutely. Mrs.
4: Jarvitz, you know I have low blood sugar, so I need to have constant snacks available. Like, right now, I'm nibbling on a Butterfinger, if you must know, and I will be disposing of the wrapper shortly.
2: Hey, yeah, oh, dude, do, do we need to see if our intern Chance is on the line and see if he's doing okay? I, I think I can... Somebody's got to patch him in. uh, Hey, Chance, are you there? It's me, Spud. Oh,
1: yes, this is me. I've been listening here at my parents' house. It's been difficult to be away from the woman I loved, Dorothy, but we both know it's the right thing to do and only temporary.
2: Hey, I heard you wouldn't be moving out of your parents' house until the wedding next year. (laughs) You're going to wait that long? Are are you afraid of their reaction or something if you moved in with my... Aunt, before you two get hitched? You need to grow a pair. With this pandemic, she might enjoy the company.
1: My mom's kind of traditional. She feels it would be best for me to remain at home until we get legally married.
3: That's ridiculous. And it's fine with me. We still have FaceTime for those intimate moments uh, right now, and um, it works fine, right, sweetie?
1: Well, I'd rather not discuss our FaceTime habits on the air, Dorothy.
7: Seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours.
3: Oh, 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 yeah, okay, I understand.
2: Sorry, honey. All right, good to know. I'm going to file that away and obviously delete it immediately after that. Let's lead off with this cut from John Cameron Mitchell's 2001 soundtrack of his Hedwig in the Angry Inch movie and off Broadway play. It was great. Uh, here is Angry Inch. Hit it.
1: My guardian angel fell asleep on the watch Now all
0: I've got is a bobby dog
1: crotch I've got on an angry ants bleeding down there I was bleeding from a gash between my legs It's my first day as a woman Already it's that time of the month But two days later the hole closed up The wound healed And I was left With a one inch mound of flesh When my penis used to be Well my vagina never was It was a one inch mound
8: Silverman, and I am on the Spud Goodman Show. I don't know how my career got this low. Spud,
4: your first guest, Thomas Lennon, is waiting to speak with you. Now, he's been
2: on before, right? He's an actor, I believe? Not just an actor, but one of the funniest dudes on earth. Does the name Lieutenant Jim Dangle ring a bell?
5: Well, what is the question?
2: Wait,
4: Wait, I thought you said he was an actor. Now you're saying he's a soldier?
3: G- Gerald, do you have any pop culture brain cells in that head of yours? Yes. Thomas stars in one of the best comedy shows of all time, Reno 911.
2: Jeez. Yeah, I mean, the first time Thomas was on, uh, Gerald, you said you'd never heard of the show. I just assumed you would have gone out and found some old reruns to watch. Okay, but so he, he doesn't play a soldier on the show? No, he's a lieutenant in the Reno Sheriff's Department. Uh,
4: you know, I spent some time around there as a kid. Now, is it the Reno Police Department, or is it the Washoe County Sheriff's Department? Because there's no such thing as a Reno Sheriff's Department. There, there must be some mistake there.
1: You stupid ignorant son of a dumb...
2: Yeah, it's a freaking comedy show. Put him through. All right, here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor, screenwriter, and director Thomas Lennon. We appreciate you taking a brief moment out of your busy schedule to speak with us.
7: Oh, literally anytime, And, uh, you know, I, I generally ask that you add comedy genius, but I guess you couldn't fit it in. That's okay.
2: That goes without it's saying. Fine. That goes without saying. So, hey, okay. <laughs>
7: As I am a massive
2: fan of Reno 911, I gotta say that, I gotta get this out. It is with great pleasure that I get to announce to our listeners, you got the band back together, you pulled it off as it's back on the Quibi Network. Give everyone the scoop, please.
7: So, here's the deal. We, you know, we talked about, the show was cancelled sort of, not quite at its peak, but, uh, you know, relatively close to it, and uh, that was like 11 years ago. But, you know, the cast, was all friends, we talk all the time, It. The show uh, ended up being, I think, more... It's one of those things that people loved it more after it was canceled. Yeah. <laughs> people started remembering, like, oh, that was a really funny show that was kind of fearless and insane. Yes. And so then Quibi came to us and they're like, look, we're doing... We want to do new TV episodes, except it's just to be... You're only going to watch it on the phone, which is the way people watch stuff a lot these days. And they said they're only going to be 10 minutes or less. And ours have actually ended up being, like, six and a half minutes. Huh. Uh, but what's interesting is they have as many elements as the old Comedy Central shows used to have. They just happen to be six and a half minutes long. So what really came about with the Quibi uh, changeover was just we got a little bit leaner, a little bit faster. <laughs> to, to me, these shows like kind of hit a little harder than the old ones just because it's like sort of like a just condensed. Wow. Well,
2: I, I yeah. was I was heartened to see in the trailer that the mustaches are back also.
7: It's a, it's a real commitment. And not only that, but now because of all the press tour and stuff, I've been, now I have a mustache, ooh, like just for life. Well, so, yeah,
2: but they're a key component of the show. It's just you have to suffer for your art. I mean, come on.
7: you got to have, although I will, will say, you know, if you never as an adult man or any teenager who can get a mustache, boy or girl, once you once you get the mustache, people treat you with respect. Hmm. It's just weird. Yeah. I think it's because they think maybe you're an undercover cop who's like lurking around or something.
2: Right, right. Um, was it tough fitting into the uniforms after a few a few years of them oh, being in storage? Uh,
7: so, uh, you know, I'm a vegetarian, but I love carbs. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it was pretty tough. I mean, luckily the the shorts have a tremendous amount of stretch. They're made of a, a sort of a uh, there's got to, some, got to have some kind of lycra in them or something, because, yeah. Huh. I mean, I physically got into them. I, now, you would not want to see the process of getting into them. That's uh, that's not a pretty uh, thing for anybody to have to witness. Yeah.
2: Well, speaking of shorts, can I ask if the infamous character Terry, played by Nick Swartzen, might make an appearance? Please say yes.
7: Yeah, I know. I, I would love to say yes, except that... Uh, the, Due to, like, scheduling chaos, oh. we wanted to get some Terry stuff in, but Nick was on tour the entire time, because Nick is, again, the success of all the people in Reno 911 is sometimes our downfall.
6: Yeah.
7: Um, so uh, when we were shooting, Terry was, uh, Nick, was on tour the entire time, and he sold out giant shows. So uh, we ended up not getting him into this season. Boy, if we did more, I can't imagine we wouldn't try to make it work
2: well there's going to be more because people are going to love it so maybe the next time so alright uh,
7: uh, I, I think I think if you like the old show uh, you will love these ones huh. I can pretty much guarantee it
2: yeah it goes without saying but uh, uh, let yep. me ask you this as a founding member of the comedy troupe The State do you feel that more comedy gold has been mined out of you guys than any other comedy group at least in terms of writing <laughs> for
7: sure um, it is a really absurd uh, group of people if you look at like everybody that came out of the state, uh, which is, you know, Ken Marino, who's a big movie director and actor, Michael Jan's a big director, Carrie, Ben, and me, all from 911 are all in the state. The guys who do Wet Hot American Summer, which is Show Walter and David Wayne, yeah. and then Joe Latruglio, who's on Brooklyn 99 uh, Boyle, has also on on Reno 911 as Rizzo. Huh. So, uh, and then Michael Ian Black, of course, who's always busy. Uh, but like, the, the, it's, it is a little weird, even to members of the state, because, you know, these are people that I met my first week of college in 1988, wow. like in the dorm, and now I still work with many of them, you know, and I'll be, I'll be 50 in August, and I've spent almost almost every single day since 1988 with these same people. <laughs>
2: God, how many people can say that that's pretty cool um
7: it's, it's interesting and also you look just for fun a little uh, uh fun uh thing you can uh, google today is the state we did a famous sketch called porcupine racetrack back in the day on the state and then we got back together about a week ago and re-recorded it all from our separate houses so you can see it if you just google the state porcupine racetrack it's it's pretty pretty badass
2: huh all right. I wrote that down. Um, yeah. So uh, these days around the house, are you getting much housework done? You know, your everybody's around all the time. Are you able, or are you able to, like, subcontract out to other family members in your home? Because I live alone. So it's all on me. Uh, how about
7: you? The one thing I was able to teach my 10-year-old son to do, and parents, this is a game changer, is, I mean, I'm teaching him how to tie a bow tie. We're working on piano. and so We're working on all kinds of things. But... I taught them how to go down the basement and reset the Wi-Fi.
6: Oh, yeah.
7: And once you, if you have a child, teach them how to reset the Wi-Fi and it'll change your whole life. Write that down. Another thing I need to be Instead of you running to the crawl space every couple minutes to replug the stuff in, you get them to do it. And you make them think it's like a fun adventure.
2: And you give them like a quarter or something for allowance for doing it.
7: Oh God! No, no! You say you're allowed to still live here?
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. All
6: right.
7: Okay.
4: Yeah. Uh, Spud. Yes. If I may. Well, I also utilize our children for various duties around the house during this uh, lockdown situation. I have my youngest, Dwight, round up all the empty toilet paper rolls accumulated each week and put them in the cardboard bin that we can then sell when this is all over. And uh we have okay, our gosh. daughter Kelsey, but well, she has to sterilize all of the board game objects we play with, you know, like the uh the monopoly icons, the parts uh to mouse trap. Oh and also all the checkers, both black and red. So it okay, takes okay. a while. Uh, and our oldest, Gerald Jr., he makes our family's masks out of grocery bags. And I gotta tell you, the paper ones make much safer masks than the plastic ones. But anyway, we, we all
2: pitch in here. Uh, Thomas, I need a minute here. Okay, duly noted. Can I get back to my interview with him? I sure hope you adequately
3: compensate your kids for their labor, Gerald. What? I know Thomas was kidding. But I'm worried you would tend to exploit your children, you know, forced
2: labor. That option of free labor, though, with a kid would be really tempting. Uh, I say that as a childless guy, but uh, I bet it gets tough to pull off, though, after they're, say, six or seven years old. But just let me finish this thing up with uh, Thomas. Okay, I'm back. Um, well, you know, Thomas, you're a very successful writer of screenplays and, and books also. Uh, during our current public health crisis, is that uh, still keeping you busy, uh, you know, with all the shows not being in production?
7: Well, I mean, you know what has become weird uh, is since the, the lockdown, I've mostly been doing sketches in the backyard on my phone. For So I did, uh, I've done Joe Exotic for Colbert. Oh,
2: that was killer too. The,
7: that was killer. The, the, the David Spade show. And uh, I mean, I, I'm particularly lucky—one that everybody's healthy over here—and uh, two that, you know, 30 years in sketch comedy, I got a lot of wigs, I got mustaches, I got spirit gun, I got outfits. I can just keep doing terrible sketch comedy from my backyard for a while.
2: Oh, that's pretty neat. Okay.
7: Well, <laughs> well, when I did, it was funny because when I did Joe Exotic for Colbert. Somebody pointed out, they're like, you know, he's been home for weeks. That means he's got all of that Joe Exotic stuff. Handcuffs, mullet wig, fake tattoos, eye, ear, and nose rings. got, the like, he's got those all rings. that stuff at home. And I was like, not only did I have a full Joe Exotic wardrobe, I've got tons of options for it. Yeah, All right. Well, yes.
2: let me close with this because I know you got to get going. But we had one of your good buddies uh, again uh, on the show a few months ago, a few months back. But anyway, Weird Al and I told him uh, to your you know your answer to my question. What was your most memorable moment in show business? Which I know you don't remember. But anyway, you said oh,
7: I, I'll tell you right now. It's that Weird Al introduced me to Getty Lee. Yes, from Rush. yes, that's what I was. He, oh, I, yes. So I, let me hit you with this though. That was not a fake answer. That was a real answer. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's my
2: question. It was a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Has there been a new most memorable moment? And I. Uh, or is Geddy Lee still at the top of the list?
7: Uh, I gotta say that was, that was pretty, I mean, weird were all saying Geddy Lee, Tom Lennon, Tom Lennon, Geddy Lee. That, that's really, really tough to top. Yeah. Um. Definitely. But has there been anything even close to that? Um, I think that, that really probably is about it. Although, uh, you know what was fun, which is actually, uh. I've been, uh, trying to do some videos for real law enforcement agencies when they ask because, um, despite all the silliness, uh, we're major law enforcement supporters. Right. And, uh, it was nice because, uh, the LA, uh, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department posted I-, I think a PSA that I had done and they referred to the Reno Sheriff's Department as their sister law enforcement agency. <laughs> and of course, we're, we're made up, we're fake, but it was really nice that they gave us that, like, they're like, uh, you oh. call it their sister law enforcement agency. It felt
2: pretty great. Heck yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I know you got to go. So let me say again that one of the greatest comedy shows ever, Reno 911, is back. Yeah, that's right. Now streaming on the Quibi Network. So everybody needs to go there and get a heaping helping of the show. Shorter but still funny as hell. I know. So thank you so much for doing the show again.
7: But always a pleasure talking to you. I, I always look forward to it when these are happening.
0: Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment.
7: What's going on,
2: man? It's your boy, David Olivas. And DJ Jersey. Here rocking with Spud Goodman. With Aunt Dorothy. We got Gerald in the house. Chance the Intern. Man, these
7: guys are killing it out here on the Spud Goodman Show, man.
4: Spud Goodman Show.
7: Check me out at Real Olivas.
4: DJ Jersey everything.
7: Listening to Spud Goodman
2: will might be hazardous for your health, but we don't know. And we don't care.
0: It's hey, the listen, Spud Goodman Show.
2: All the good stuff is hazardous for your health.
0: We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. You know, Spud...
4: Getting back to what we were talking about with all of us spending so much time in our homes during this difficult period of time, there's really no excuse for any of us not to get on top of all the household chores that we maybe have put off during the year. So I was thinking it would be neat and a service to our listeners if I shared some of the tips my wife has us Holcombs follow.
2: Yeah, no one wants to feel inadequate about their household cleaning habits.
6: Yes!
2: Who doesn't fall short to your wife in this area? I mean, let's be real. The the pandemic is bad enough without having to work so hard to please others. I I do okay as it is. I like doing the kitchen floor. I try to do it every year or so, you know. I mean, I may have skipped a year occasionally. But, I mean, it takes over an hour to do it right. And First first you clean it, and and then you wax it, and, and then you buff it. And then then what you try it, wait, to do is wait, it's but, one of those. But
3: there are many excellent one-step wash and wax floor cleaners on the market. It should only take you a few minutes to do it. I mean, your kitchen in the apartment is like 12 square feet, and it's linoleum,
4: right? Well, so, uh, excuse me, excuse me, but yes. I am a highly trained linoleum salesman. No I, one knows more than I do about kitchen floors. And, of course, the highest quality carpet products. I don't think so. At my other place of employment, South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. With my employee discount, I could probably afford to replace our kitchen flooring a few times a year. But the linoleum we carry lasts a lifetime and
2: requires little upkeep, just a little soap and water occasionally. Isn't linoleum like styrofoam or cockroaches? It'll survive a nuclear winter. That's what I read. And, and Dorothy, I think my floor is tile, so no need for linoleum tips from anyone, okay? so okay. Yeah, I I think the issue we're all facing is how much is too much as far as household chores go. The last thing we all need to do is obsess on this and have it detract from our overall quality of life. I am often confronted now with a choice, vacuum or, or, or catch the last four or five episodes of whatever show I'm watching on Netflix. Yes, I mean, basic sanitary conditions are necessary for our survival, but our mental health needs are just as important.
3: I think the reason why is I've just been like so unhappy.
2: Well, I know I will never
3: even use your bathroom when I visit and really? I try not to drink any liquids before I come over. I've never told you this, but there is mold within the mold in places there.
8: That is messed up, yo.
3: Like behind the toilet. It's
2: pretty disgusting. No offense here. It's not that bad, Aunt Dorothy. But, okay, I'll I'll spray a little Lysol there the next time, you know, before you drop by.
4: Oh, boy. Have you thought that your cleaning habits might be a factor in your sad love life? Uh, You know, it has to have had an effect on your failed marriages. I know my wife would not put up with it. And I'll say this, has given me pause to not
2: bring her with me when I visited you at your place. Yeah, I don't remember inviting anyone I work with outside of my only living relative, my aunt, uh, to visit me at my apartment. I value my privacy. And yet you, on multiple occasions, have done a drop-by. Yeah. Maybe I haven't made clear my position on drop-bys. It's the one positive aspect of this lockdown. For me, outside of home deliveries, I know any knock on the door always leads to my inner sanctum being egreg- egregiously violated. I think that this is your way of telling me something. Well... I know you're joking about not
4: wanting my wife to drop by with me sometime, but listen, if you would like, we could. I'll no, hey, hey,
2: Chance, up. Chance, Chance. Are you still on the line? If so, th- does your mom make you do any chores? Uh, you know, while you're you know living at their place. I, I mean, you're almost grown, man. What are you, twenty-one or twenty? Whatever. I don't
1: know. I'll be twenty-two in a couple of months, and yeah, I have a list of chores to do each day. I just feel it's important for everyone to do their part. Not just in this pandemic, but all the time. It's the
2: right thing to do. Hey, my, my aunt already said yes to marrying you. There, there's no need to play the hero role with this cleaning thing. Come on. Dorothy and I have already
1: discussed what chores each of us will be responsible for after we get married. I'll take care of the inside, and she'll do the outside, like mow the lawn and all the other yard work.
4: Oh, Chance, don't you think it might be wiser to go with gender-specific roles in your marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a man mows the lawn, and a woman loads and unloads the dishwasher. It's just how God wanted things to be. It's the natural order of things, you know?
0: Not only are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna, but you're
5: a liar, too.
3: Gerald, why don't you butt out of our miracle plans, if you don't mind? Well. We already have a plan that will make us both happy.
2: Yeah, if that's how they want it, then just leave them the hell alone, man. Hey, Chance, uh, uh, good call on getting out of the mowing thing. though. Uh, I always hated to have to mow the lawn, you know, way back when I was a little younger than you uh, to get my weekly allowance. That's why I live in an apartment right now, actually. All right, uh, Gerald, uh, do your job and see if our next guest is ready to go. Uh, Spud, I'm being told your next guest, Louie Anderson, is holding for you. Okay, cool. Uh, he found the time to call in. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that. As I heard from his people that he's, he's busy with some kind of project. He, he is a very good friend of this show. He's
3: one of the few celebrity guests who I think actually likes you, Spud. It always amazes me. As your oh, aunt, no, of course, I love you, but you are a tough sell with others.
2: You know what I mean. That everyone hates me, and Dorothy. That's high. You guys with that. I got to
4: tell you, I'm a big fan of Louie myself. And I want you to know, I stand ready. If you find yourself at any point in the interview where you're in need of a witty comeback or something, I'll be ready and standing by if need be. What the hell do you have to lose? You know,
3: Spud will not be in need of your services, Gerald. Well, don't Just know. don't get your hopes
2: up. Uh, Yeah, there's a better chance of me waking up tomorrow morning with a full head of hair. Uh, Just put him through.
4: Very well. Here he is.
2: Say hello to one of our most favorite guests, Mr. Louis Anderson. It's been a while since we last spoke. I hope all is well with you. It's good. How about you, Spud? No, not bad, not bad. Um,
5: Yeah. Well, I love Seattle, you know. It's one of my favorite places.
2: Right. Well, let me say that the paperback release of your book, Hey Mom, Stories for My Mother, but you can read them too, is now out and available everywhere books are sold. I want to get that in.
5: No, I appreciate that. Well, it was a wonderful experience writing it, and uh, it really helped me. So I always think anything that helps me and gives me a good laugh, will help uh, my fans.
2: Right. Well, you know, growing up in St. Paul, Minnesota, I wanted to run this by you, and being the second youngest of 11 kids, did you have to do the snow shoveling at the family home, clearing the sidewalk, or were you able to get out of it and let the older siblings handle it? I would have played being the second youngest card, for sure, if it was me.
5: Well, here's what I would do. My dad was meticulous about the walk. I mean, it had to be spotless. Right. And I never attained his level of perfection. So he would always come out and take the shovel away from me and finish it himself. Oh. And uh, so I learned to do almost everything not very well after that.
2: That's a brilliant move.
6: Yeah. All
5: right. Yeah, because, you know, he would go, come on. You missed it. You got to get the ice off. What do I have, a blowtorch? What am I supposed to do?
2: Yeah, okay.
5: Well, Louis, besides acting and
2: doing the author thing, you're a true road warrior and having, you know, spent many years on the road as one of our top stand-up comedians. I was wondering how you're holding up being locked down at home. Are you trying out new material on the mailman or the Amazon delivery person?
5: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know, whoever thought you'd look forward to, to the mailman coming, but I know. Uh, definitely, and uh, you know, I'm just trying to, like, I am actually working on a bit. I was just thinking about. You know, what my, if my mom were around, what she'd be so happy about? And one of the things is how clean my hands are, because I wash them every 10 minutes. You know? My mom loved having... She did not like it if our hands weren't clean when we were kids. She would she would really hate that. But, yeah, I'm working on a new special. Spud, I can what? so
4: relate to what you asked Louie about trying out new material on others during this uh, situation we're in. You know, and you yeah. know... I, too, am a stand-up comedian, and I currently can't perform on stage, so I've made some time during our family board game night to work on fresh jokes that I come up with for my act. Uh, we, would you like
2: to hear a few of my newest ones? Uh, Louie, just a sec. First of all, doing open mic nights occasionally at a sports bar is not what I would term being a stand-up comedian, and secondly... There's no chance in hell I will allow you to torture our listeners with any of your lame jokes. Not going
3: to happen. And if you let him start telling jokes, I'm just going to hang up. Times are depressing oh, enough you. without having to hear stupid
4: knock-knock jokes. You, you know what? My material consists of more than knock-knock jokes, Mrs. Jarvit. I have a full range of jokes. Man, a full
2: range is one way to put it. Let me wrap this up with Louie. He has a tight schedule. Okay, man, I've returned. Thank you. Well, being around the home a lot these days, are you finding household chores to be annoying, or are you you putting them off until this whole thing is finally over? Totally.
5: You know, my room's never been cleaner, Spud. I'm telling you, my room. I finally went through all this stuff and go, what am I, a pack rat? But I'm not a pack rat, really, because or a hoarder I'm really not a hoarder because I still have aisles in my house that I can walk but yeah I have really actually been much more about cleaning things up and keeping things you know straightened up and uh and catching up on my uh on my uh, my TV watching you right. know I never realized much uh television was available to us oh my god
2: right yeah, well, uh, regarding the cleaning thing, you're a far better man than I. So, Well, let, let me say this about TV. I, I need to say I am very bummed that Baskets is no longer on the air. Do you still occasionally become your character, Christine Baskets, in your spare time? I mean, you want a freaking Emmy as Christine, so it must be tough to say goodbye to her.
5: <laughs> well, I'm excited about this year, you know, because it is now on Hulu. Baskets is on Hulu, so oh. anyone who wants to watch it that didn't watch it before... Uh, we'll get a chance to do it, but but I, I haven't told people this, but I'm thinking about doing a live show called "An Evening with Christine Basket." Oh, that uh, I'm going to tour, and Seattle will definitely be uh, be one of the places that we come.
2: Ah, that'd that'd be awesome. All right. Well, you know, I know you try to stay away from the slots these days when you play casinos, but do you think when they open back up, it would be smart to be the first one on a machine? Think about it. Like, it'd be a few months since the last jackpot on any of them, so the odds on winning would be good, right?
5: Yeah, you know, I had a friend who used to win the casino in the early morning. He would go and put one or two coins in each each of the casino uh, machines. Yeah. He put a couple hundred bucks in because he felt that same thing. They hadn't been played all night, and that they were ready to hit. Did it work? He did. He won several times. He won several jackpots doing that. Ah. So I think, Spot, I think you're onto something. So ah. are the casinos all closed down uh, where you are?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
5: Yeah. Well. And are you guys complete lockdown, or are they starting to let people get out?
2: No. Still lockdown.
5: Yeah, same Man. with Vegas. They they have been, uh, they've, they've still got it completely locked down. It's, it's a ghost town here, but
2: Yeah, yeah. There's not any. I know. Even
5: the pop machines at the 7-Eleven are closed up.
2: Man, that's tight. Well, you know. Uh, it is tight, isn't it? It is. Uh, but as far as that plan, just keep it between you and I so it doesn't get out. All right, so.
5: Um, yeah, okay, yeah, let's. But I mean, I can't. I'm gonna get. I, I can't wait to try it out now that you said it.
2: All right. Well, you know, let me hit you with the last question because I know I know you got all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, Louis Anderson, if you were king of the world, what would be your first decree? And imagine if you like had one of those cool scepters in your hand and, and like a big crown on your head.
5: Uh, my first decree would be all food and entertainment would be free.
2: Well, that'd, that'd be great.
5: Huh. Got another one? I know it should be world peace and all that, but, you know, I, I don't know that that scepter has that much power.
2: No, but that's a pretty good first step, especially like these days. Yeah, that's that good call on yeah. that one. All right.
5: Well, yeah, because, you know, people are, uh, you never know. A lot of people are not eating like they should because they don't have the money, and I, I just feel for them. Right, right.
2: Uh, okay, well. I'm gonna let you go because, like I said, I know I know you got all sorts of stuff going on. So let let me say again, the paper book version of your book, "Hey Mom: Stories for My Mother," but you can read them too, is now out uh, available everywhere books are sold. So you know, thanks a whole whole lot for coming back on our show. We really appreciate it.
5: I appreciate it, but take care and know my best to you and your family.
2: You know we love you, Mr. Louis Anderson.
4: And now. Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln.
2: Super. This is a Spud Goodman Show.
3: That should be fun. I think I'll try that.
2: All right, back to the music. This is from a band who are based out of Kabul, Afghanistan. They formed in 2008 and are still performing today. Here is a cut off their 2013 album, Plastic Words. This one is titled Crack in the Radio.
5: Yeah, This is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to the Spud Show. Anyway, I think you're not, you're a communist. Uh, uh, I'm not even listening to the Spud Show. What the hell am I talking about?
2: Uh, Spud,
5: your
4: last guest, Sarah Bolger, is good to go.
2: All right, she's on one of my favorite shows, Mayans MC, airing on FX. Uh, But right now, she has a new movie out that we'll be talking about.
3: Oh, and I enjoyed Sarah on The Tudors. She played Princess Mary Tudor.
4: You know, I'm not familiar with this royal family people talk about so much. Now, I heard recently that there's one of their kids who's quit being a royal. How does one do that? Isn't it a job for life?
8: I believe that our education,
7: like such as in South Africa and uh, Iraq, everywhere like such
3: as, Prince Harry stepped down in his official role, and Sarah was not a princess in real life, Gerald. She played that character on TV.
2: Uh, yeah, kind of like uh, Trump playing the role of a president the last three and a half years. Oh, come a- on. A- and hopefully his show will be canceled in November. I just put Sarah through. as, as I, I've heard she's really cool.
4: Oh, okay, okay. Here she is.
2: Please welcome actress Sarah Bolger. Uh, thanks for coming on our show.
8: Thank you so much for having
2: me. Yeah, you, you have a new movie out titled A Good Woman is Hard to Find and is now available at virtual theaters along with on-demand and digital. Uh, one reviewer described it as a cinematic punch in the face, though though I can't take a punch <laughs> myself and I'm kind of a bleeder. Uh, I'm up for checking it out. It does, sure doesn't sound boring. <laughs> it's not
8: boring, I promise you. Hand on heart. It won't be boring. Uh, yeah, I guess... I guess what, they, what, they, what I think they mean by that is that it just, it, it surprises you on many turns. The character I play is a woman who you don't expect uh, sort of where she goes in the movie, where it ends with her arc. You, you, you can't believe she got there. You can't believe how, how many times she's broken to have to go to the length she goes through to, to to, a, to protect her kids, to protect herself, to change as a, as a person. She was a very, very powerful woman by the end of this movie and in the most authentic way possible. Ah. Uh, it was a joy to play. It really was.
2: Oh, ah, super! Well, in your preparation for this role, did you have to practice much? You know, doing stuff that could mess up bad guys. Uh, you know, from the preview, you look like a real badass. So, uh, did you have
8: to do much stuff? <laughs> there was a. There's a. There's a. It's in the. It's in the trailer. But there's a strange scene where I have a. Uh, have an axe in my hand. Yes. I. I am or I'm not. Disarticulating some limbs, so uh, there was some strange googling. I'll give you that.
2: Did physically, did you have to do much work though, to like uh, deliver some harm to uh, you know to whoever for the actors that you were working with?
8: Well, here's the thing: the character is surprisingly, uh, you know, she's she's rather meek. She is unassuming. You don't, she doesn't think she's going to be put in those dynamics. So it's meant to look like a struggle. Everything she does is meant to look like anyone who just had this uh, problem thrown at her and has to deal with it. So I didn't want to look too sort of proficient in in any one thing since she is a stay-at-home mom who has been put to and, and in the most strangest and dangerous dynamic one could ever imagine being put in.
2: Right, right, okay. All right, well, Well, Sarah, I'm a fan of the FX network show Mayans MC that you co-star in. <laughs> Uh, uh, great show, uh, yeah, yeah, great show. Um,
8: Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, you play the wife of a cartel leader, M- Miguel Galindo. Uh, in, in this role, you're you're more of a peacekeeper, but but things are always on edge. We, we've had a few cast members of the show, Michael Irby and Emilio Rivera, on. It, it, it's definitely yeah. coming back for season three. What's what's up? What's the scoop? Yes,
8: yes, we were meant to start filming, but we uh, with the pa- with the pandemic right now. I think everything's just a little bit on hold. So we're going to start season three sort of as soon as it's safe to do so.
2: But, I mean, uh, the yeah, I assumed it was going to happen because the ratings are through the roof for that show. So uh, that was never in question yeah. then. All right. All right. That's good. It's good. Um, okay.
8: Thank you. Yeah, no, we're very excited to get back to work, actually. Okay. Well, as in... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, even with A Good Woman, it's hard to find. That was meant to have, you know, a theatrical release. So, so many things have changed in the last month.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Um, well, a- as a native of Ireland who has spent considerable time in the U.S., what would you say is the number one difference culturally between our countries? I mean, you don't have food fast food places as far as the eye can see there, right? You don't have any in-and-outs in Dublin.
8: We don't have in-and-outs in Dublin, but I'll tell you, when I go back to Dublin, I really miss in-and-outs. Animal fries are my thing. Yeah, that yeah. is my. That is my—I'm driving home from 2 a.m., not able to, you know, so tired from work and animal fries and a Coca-Cola is my favorite thing in the universe.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is there anything, <laughs> though, that just, just stands out between the two countries, the, the difference? Is, or is there any at all?
8: I don't know. I, think, I always think people are sort of ubiquitous. Like, I think uh, what I, I always find lovely about, there's things you miss about the States when you go back to Ireland, and then things you miss about Ireland, specifically my family, of course, uh when I come back to America. So I don't know. I, I think I get a, I, I get a nice dose of, of both worlds and a nice equal, even uh, even balance between sort of all the travel.
2: Right, right. Well, at least you don't got to deal with our wacky political thing here. But anyway, that's another topic I won't bore you with. Um, <laughs> so uh, in, uh, in acting, I was wondering, how difficult it is it to turn off your natural Irish dialect off when playing a character from another country? I would think it would be easy to slip back and forth if you lose concentration.
8: I think, yeah, that's the key. I think it's just not, I think what, what I've been able to do or what I've done so far for the last 20 years is uh, is just stay in the accent on set. Sort of keep in that American, keep in that Southern, keep in that British, like whatever it is. I find it's easier to do that than to go back and forth from my Irish to let's say the American. Let's say for let's say for like the Tudors, right? Right. Which was like a British show where I played where I played a Queen. Right. Uh, there is to to just stay in the British accent was easier for me than just to go back and forth from Irish.
2: Huh. I was yeah, I was wondering if it, it's tougher to pull off for an actor, say, from L A, doing a Scottish dialect or, or the other way around. I was just I was wondering about that, but anyway.
8: Yeah, and, and Scottish is is a hard one. Yes. You know, it's even and I live relatively close by to Scotland, and it's it's a it's just such a melodic, muscular dialect. But it's beautiful, and uh, it's a it's a it's a very fun thing when you get a lot of time to be able to finesse and perfect an accent. It it just feels like such a feat. Like you feel like not only did you do this job, but you 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 gained a skill.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, but I
4: don't know if you're aware of my dialect skills but I have an old pen pal from grade school who I still stay in contact with.
2: Okay, nice uh, to he, know.
4: He, yeah, he resides in Alberta, Canada. And over the years, I've developed a Canadian accent when we talk over the phone. You know, with cell phones, they're no longer long-distance charges, so
2: we speak every few months. Nice nice to know. Uh, hey, hey, Sarah, j- just a moment. Uh... I don't think that qualifies you as being proficient in foreign dialects. You know, saying the word about as a boot does not make you fluent in uh their language or their dialect or their anything. Oh no, I,
4: I would disagree. What would you like me to speak a few words in Canadian? Like how about how about the oh sorry about that? Sorry eh? <sighs> oh
3: there is no such thing as speaking Canadian, Gerald.
4: Well, I just did it.
2: Ah. Uh. Don't embarrass yourself any further
4: and let me get back to Sarah. Yeah, okay, okay. But listen, I can also say a few
2: words as a Puerto Rican. We took a cruise there once. P- p- please don't, Mr. Ugly American, all right? Uh, okay, uh, Sarah, I have returned. Um, well, Sarah, I read you're a dog lover. You have a couple, so right there, it's verification that you're a highly evolved human being. Is it tough to have them <laughs> in your life while you know while working and being away on location?
8: So hard. So I rescued. A, so my mother has uh, two. Uh, she's a black Russian terrier. She has a Bernese mountain dog, uh, and she has a labradoodle huh. And I rescued this muck in Los Angeles years ago, and I flew with her all over the world. All over the world, I flew with this tiny little dog. She was. She had more air miles than any person I've ever met. And I. She's now in Ireland with me. So. So it is hard. I don't know ha- what happens after the pandemic being able to fly around with the dog again, but uh it uh she's she's amazing and I love I love all the dogs. We grew up with so many dogs.
2: That's, that's that that is very cool. I'm gonna <laughs> I know you yeah. gotta get going. So let me say again you have a new movie out titled A Good Woman Is Hard to Find and is now available at virtual theaters along with On Demand and Digital. We really appreciate you spending some time with us.
8: Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure talking to you.
2: There you have it, Ms. Sarah Bulger. How time flies. You know, this topic of household chores our executive producer felt was so timely and, in her words, rich for discussion during this damn pandemic has turned out to be really... Boring, if I could say that. Uh, I should have stuck to my guns and brought up something that everyone would be interested in, or, or at least dudes. Like, how many days should one go without shaving? Uh, I was thinking about this, you know, before you appear hideous, I know that hipster beard look is still a thing, but some guys can't grow a decent beard, so we have to like shave somewhat regularly. I'm now going with six days before my face starts to look like a sparse clump of moss. It just doesn't fill in. That's so hot. So you don't want to take this call we have holding? I think he has a suggestion about household chores. Uh, What should I do? uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Put put it through. Put it through. Caller, uh, you are you're on the air. Uh, and please
6: be halfway interesting if you can. If it's humanly possible. Yeah, yeah I'm a long time listener. Many times. You recognize my voice? heck, uh, I
2: kind of think I do. Uh, are you the guy who who calls all the time about the federal government putting saltpeter in our water system? So why pause to take a pill?
6: No, what saltpeter?
3: Oh, that old one about using it to uh, dismantle a man's urges is totally bogus, bud. So uh, I sure wished it was legit during my last marriage. I have-
2: yeah, I, I should have Googled it, maybe. I don't know. I, I was just, anyway. Uh, okay, then never mind. Uh, whoever that guy is, uh, let's block him, all right? Because I've gotten really sick and tired of that. God. Anyway, so what's your suggestion about dealing with all the household chores now that we're, we're
6: everyone stuck at home still, most of us, most of us? I'll tell you, it's simple. I've been using one for years. I mean, it's a little costly, but it's made my life so much easier. I'm talking about a house cleaner. They're a must, especially these days. Uh, I, I can't
2: afford a house cleaner. Uh, I'm just a freaking talk show host. Uh, what do you do for a living?
6: Well, you know, I tend bar and I do a little landscaping on the side. I'm currently out of work, but, you know, maybe by fall I'll be back on the job.
2: Then, then how do you pay for a house cleaner? They are not cheap. Oh, I don't think it's
3: appropriate to ask a caller about his personal finances, dear.
4: And somebody, oh, and he chaptered. He went bankrupt with his casino company. Yeah, I would have to agree with your aunt, Spud. Uh, caller, how do you maintain social distancing with a house cleaner in your home?
6: Well, it's like this. I just move from room to room as he cleans my place. I stay about a step ahead of him. Uh, house cleaner's a guy. Huh? I think that's what I would go with it. if
2: I could afford one. It would be less embarrassing than having a woman at my place. You know, when, when they throw out the trash and maybe see what's in it. Think about this. A trash can is a very revealing window into a person's world.
3: How does that resonate for you in the bedroom?
2: And speaking of windows, by the way, last month I put aluminum foil over the windows in my apartment. I sleep a lot better at night now.
6: Well, yeah, I guess. That's a little weird for me, but you should try to find a way to swing it with a house cleaner. I promise, when you do... You will never go back to doing chores yourself. No, you, bro, ain't bro, 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 you ain't got the answers. You ain't got the
2: answers. That's that's all you got to offer. That's about it, huh? Um, all right then. Thank, thanks for calling in, man.
6: No, 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 no. I've got more. Another suggestion I have would be to call.
2: Okay, yeah, I hung up on him. I I had to do it. You know, we're running late here, so I, I don't feel guilty for just doing my job. I may just be an intern, but I think you should have at least
1: given him half the chance to say goodbye. Pretty rude.
8: Don't be so overly dramatic about it.
3: I would agree with my sweetie, Chance. Babe, we haven't heard from you in a while. I thought you might have put your phone down, or or that it went dead. It's good
2: to hear your voice again. Uh, I just assumed you were like, you know, patiently waiting to respond if called on, because a proper intern does not speak until spoken to, and I don't recall calling on you. Hey, chance, You can say something, because I just called on you now. Yeah, I've
4: got something here. Chance, if you wait to be called on during this show, you will never get a word in at all. I'm a good example of that. I say, speak up and be heard.
1: Shut up and dribble. Well, I really don't have anything else to say. That was it.
3: Oh, my Chance. He's a man of few words, but when he does speak, they are very impactful. Impactful? Really? Really?
1: I was taught it's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than speak and remove all doubt. Or something like that. You leave no doubt when you open your mouth, Spud. Look, alternative facts are not facts.
3: Oh, no need to poke the bear, honey.
1: I have to go anyway. My mom's calling me. Uh, yeah, okay, mom. I'll get off the phone now. She wants me to take a nap for a while as we'll be up late with family game night later on.
0: Oh!
4: Hey, it's family game night at the Holcomb home later this evening, too. You know, I just just Okay, just, just tell, you
2: tell your mom that, that too much sleep could stunt your growth. I read that somewhere. Truth okay. isn't truth. Well, goodbye, Dorothy. I'll call you later.
3: Bye, honey. Enjoy your nap.
2: I will. All right, good to know he's going to be getting his beauty sleep. So now I need to wrap things up, so I'll zip it, all right? I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to be... Hey,
4: just just once, Spud. Just this once. Could I be the one to sign off? Just a couple of words. I'll be brief, I promise. Okay, two words.
2: Okay, uh, two words, huh. Okay, how about... Okay, how about we'll do the trick? Okay, then. No. Uh, later, everyone.
0: The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Laurie Madsen. Producer, David Brenneman. Produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, T.J. Pike. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2020, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.